just a couple of announcements, uh, a couple of, uh, of things to be going on. There's going to be a handful of different ones that will be sharing the word with us over the next month or two, including myself. And then um, probably looking into January and February, going into a little bit of expository teaching. So uh, looking at if there's a particular book of the Bible that you would like for me to teach or someone to teach, uh, feel free to share that with me. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of walk through the scriptures together in that way and put messages together based upon um, just kind of an expository uh, style. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's... The one thing I, the reason I generally don't do that is because I also think a person can get very lazy doing that. I, I think uh, you can say, well, next week we're going to do chapter three, read a commentary on chapter three, and you come in and you give an opinion of yourself or an opinion of a commentarian. And I like to have subject-oriented things for men, so um, we won't stay in an expository style. We'll um, kind of go back and forth. I love doing Bible studies. But uh, what we do at Bravehearts is we try to keep it different from what most, most people's Bible studies are. Um, we search the scriptures, and in them, we, we seek what's Jesus saying for men. And today I'm going to talk about a man's kingdom, because all of us have kingdoms. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and uh, let's see if we can figure something out here. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this, your truth today, and I pray that we'll operate in your kingdom Father, and that we would be most concerned about building your kingdom and not our own kingdoms. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the power of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Merriam-Webster def uh, defines kingdom as a realm or a region in which something is dominant. So kingdoms, you're probably familiar with kingdoms. I was approached uh, since we've started the capital campaign, um, are we trying to build our kingdom? And so just a heads up, we are building God's kingdom. The one thing you don't want to do in life, okay, is use God's kingdom to build your own kingdom. You want to use uh, actually just your energy, your efforts for what? For God's kingdom. But we have to be aware that kingdoms do exist. There's large kingdoms, small kingdoms. Uh, you have your kingdom. You belong to someone's kingdom. You're trying to create a kingdom. You think you belong to the animal kingdom. I don't know. But you're probably a part of some type of kingdom this morning. There are powerful and social cultural kingdoms that stand and actively promote their will against God's will. There are political kingdoms, governments, regimes that bring war, famine, genocide, abuses of races, genders, along with the exploitation of children. I just read this morning, uh, some of you may have seen, where uh, there's two big, big families that uh, were over in Mexico, northern Mexico, doing missions, and uh, I think there were 16 total and five are unaccounted for, and 11 are uh, um, taken captive this morning as missionaries, right? And, and, and it's a drug kingdom. It's a drug dominion that has them uh, captured, and they're just trying to, to spread the gospel. There's no date that there's the exploitation of children, and uh, there's the domain of darkness led by the malevolent forces of Satan, and that simply is there to operate just as Satan does. Those types of kingdoms, they steal, kill, and destroy. So as we jump in this morning, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus saw the crowds, and the scripture says he went up on the mountainside, and he sat down, and he began to speak to them about God's kingdom. And it was not only for the disciples, but uh, it, was, it was for anyone who was willing to listen about God's kingdom. 
Matthew 4.23, we'll back it up just a little bit. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So basically what happened was just prior to Jesus going up on the mountainside and sitting down, by the way, the reason he sat down on the mountainside is because it's a great place for acoustics. They didn't have this thing that I have this this morning known as a microphone. So he was able to sit down and preach to the multitudes and teach the multitudes about his kingdom. Now he had a huge following before he got there because he had been preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So let's be honest this morning. I was just talking to some of y'all about an insurance bill that I got um, refusing to pay for my toenail medicine. It's a topical cream that I put on two toenails. Come on. And here's the thing, at the VA, they, they sent it to me every month. But now I showed them that I have Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and they said unless you have a heart condition or poor circulatory problems, you cannot qualify for that medication anymore. Huh, what does that have to do with anything? Well, if Jesus were walking the earth, I would be chasing him right now saying, heal my toenails, please, right? I mean, it, 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 he would bring... By healing every disease and every sickness, he, he would have a huge following. So by the time he got to the side of the mount, he was ready to start teaching and start preaching. And people were ready to hear. Jesus the healer has now become Jesus the teacher. And he's going to teach for three chapters on the Sermon on the Mount. He's going to teach about what God's kingdom looks like. But before the Sermon on the Mount, we need to digest the fact that Jesus preached the gospel. He first preached the good news. Right, And then he moved on to start teaching about the, the kingdom of God. Look, outside of the good news of Jesus Christ, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, right? the kingdom of God doesn't exist, not in our lives. So he started with the gospel. This is where you start with the kingdom of God. You start with the gospel. Where is the gospel in your life? Who is the gospel in your life? The good news of and in your life. If we don't understand his gospel, then the sermon won't fit into our lives in a way that enables us and allows God's goodness to flow through our lives and to promote his kingdom. What happens is we'll still be about ourselves and we'll live in a selfishness state which builds our own kingdom. So uh, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus teaches right there that we're to seek what first? That's right, his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. It's, it's priority. Jesus' gospel was the good news of the kingdom of God. That's God's kingdom is here. It's available. Jesus preached that heaven comes to earth. And, and here's the cool thing. We're not just trying to get into heaven. This is what he, what he tells us. Jesus taught that the gospel, the good news, God's kingdom, had not only come, but it had come in present and in power. As a matter of fact, there's a Greek word there that's called ekakin, and you've heard of it because he says the kingdom of God is now what? At hand. Ekakin. It means it's right here, it's right now. So we have a choice whether or not we're going to participate in God's kingdom or we're going to participate in our own kingdom. And men, I'm going to tell you one of the greatest temptations that men have because we're builders. We want to build our own kingdom. I mean, it's just the truth. I believe that there's an innate structure within us because we're made after our Father. And by the way, our, in our Father's image, our Father is what? He's a builder. God is a builder. 
As a matter of fact, there's a message I love to teach every so often. It's called God Builds With Sons. And that's what's in us is to build. But we have to recognize when it's for God or when it's for ourselves. God allows you to say no. But listen, you can only say no for a time. Anyone and everyone outside of of this room this morning, outside of this auditorium, anyone and everyone can say no. And many of you, I I was just talking to you about, uh, one of you about, if I had to get a real job, right, what would that look like? My goodness, look how soft my hands are. I still got some calluses, man, but not near like some of you, right? Um, um, What would that look like? And one of you said, well, you just get run over out there. That's, That's true. It's true. Maybe, maybe not, but it would be tough work. It would look different, right? I, I want to continue to work in God's kingdom, but I know that when I step outside of these walls, here's the truth. If and when I step out of these walls, there are, are going to be people who simply say no to God's kingdom. But there will come a day, there will come a day when, when they're going to be confronted with their no. Just know that many said no to God this morning. It's cold outside. It's, it's, it's early. I, I just can't get there, right? But, but here's the thing. There's another kingdom. And, and our, our own kingdoms, some of them have king-sized beds in them. Very difficult to get out of those beds, right? God allows other kingdoms, but there will be a day when he no longer allows there to be other kingdoms on this earth. Philippians chapter 2, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess one day. Maybe not today, but one day, right? Dallas Willard, any of you ever read Dallas Willard? Man, he's deep. Uh, sometimes it gets a little difficult to read, but some great stuff out of Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard, he describes God's kingdom as, as it's both present and available. He tells of electricity coming to the farms his senior year of high school and how it changed their aspects of life, daylight and dark, hot and cold, clean and dry food, preser- clean and dry, uh, food preservation, had refrigerators, but he had to believe in the positive effects of electricity and join up with the REA. You know, it was kind of repent for electricity is at hand is the way he puts it. He had to turn from kerosene lamps, ice pockets, and, or ice boxes, and battery-powered radios. However, many didn't. They didn't want the power lines running through their fields, so they just absolutely refused it. They refused the power that was offered. And some will accept and experience the kingdom in this life, and some will choose not to. Jesus' message, actually, John, prior to Jesus, said what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for it is here. Repent, for it is education. It is at hand. It is tangible. So, man, I'm going to ask you this morning, have you seen the kingdom of God work yet in your life this morning? Have you plugged into the power that is at hand? Because God intends for us to participate every day in his kingdom. God's kingdom or rule is a place where we see his divinity operate in our lives and in the lives of others. In fact, Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when I think about my house, a lot of times I think of my kingdom. And man, let's just be honest. Most of you, if you're over the age of 40, when you get home, there's this time, this just, you, there's this 
place that you want to check out. There's this time that you need. It's called tranquility. You just need some peace, some rest, some, some time. I try to tell my kids, just give me 15 minutes. Man, I, I want to help you. I, I, no, no joke, a couple of days ago, I'm, I'm sitting there in my chair, and I'm asleep. And I hadn't sat down for more than five minutes. And my youngest one, she goes, Daddy, Daddy, look at him. And I open my eyes, and she's got this snake all wadded up in her hand like this, and its head's like this close to my nose. And I said, get that snake out of here, girl. This is my kingdom. And I'm just supposed to protect it, right, from the serpent. So get that snake out of here or else that serpent. Anyway, we all have our, have our homes. We all have our places. We all have the place that we dwell, that we want to rule. And oftentimes that's our house. It's a place of our effective range of our wills, right? And as for me and my house, we, we want to follow the Lord. And that's true, but we have to be careful on how we even present that to our kids. Because I believe that men have a motivation to build. And because we want to build, if we're not careful, we'll build without thinking of God's kingdom. And we'll build our kingdom because we want to be seen as successful in the eyes of others. See, as Jesus preached on the mount that day, it's interesting. He was introducing his kingdom, and it's available to all who would believe. And, and, and the disciples even ask him, well, then how should we pray? What does a kingdom prayer look like? And he says, well, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not so for sure, Ben, that that should not be an application to every morning's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every single day. Because Jesus didn't say you might want to pray this way. Jesus didn't say, hey guys, listen up. Um, you know, if you feel like it, you, you, you might want to, want to say it this way. He didn't say, hey, um, this, is, this is how I would do it. He said, but when you pray, pray then this way. Pray for God's kingdom to come alive in your life. Pray for God's kingdom to come in the lives of others around you. Pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when we pray his kingdom, what happens is our kingdoms aren't quite as important anymore. Now, man, I want to tell you something. I believe that motivation, I believe that men who are doers, men who are workers, are men who are in the favor of God. I'm going to tell you that. I, I truly believe that. I believe motivators, workers, people who, who get up, people who go, I believe you're in the favor of God, and I believe that you are the one. See, you know, they say this all the time. If this is a, a common thing thrown around the church. You know, 80% of the people um, watch, 20% of the people do all the work. Now, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I would say it this way. That, that even looking at that, that means that 20% of the people have a kingdom concept. 80% of the people are takers, so to speak. 20% are givers. Now, I don't believe that's the case here at Harvest. I really don't at all. As a matter of fact, there are so many people that give in each and every way. I mean, you guys have, have turned this, this place around in here. You lowered the ceilings. You, you, you've been in there. Golly, Andrew built that false wall right there. I mean, there's, there's so many doers in the church there's no doubt but 
Why do we do those things? We do those things so that, so that he may increase and we may decrease, that his, that his increase will be his kingdom, and our decrease oftentimes is decreasing from our selfishness and our own wants, desires, and kingdoms. See, it's not just for our heart, but it's for the hearts of others. See, when we pray your kingdom come, then what we're praying is not mine. We pray heaven to earth. If you have a lost son or daughter, a loved one this morning, right, you're praying for God's kingdom to some way intersect their lives. And sometimes we just have to pray, uh, Lord, you know my son, and, and you, you want my son. Help me to pray for my son. Help me to, to, to know how to pray for my son. Help me to know how to pray for my wife. Help me to know how to pray your kingdom into my life. See, when we begin to pray heaven to earth in my life, what happens is we begin to pray it in the lives of others. That's God's kingdom. This is what I love about Jesus. He says, I've earnestly desired to eat this meal with you before I suffer. In other words, uh, my kingdom will come, but it's going to come through you. There's going to be a table set, and you guys are going to learn to be table setters for my kingdom. A lot of times I pray uh, for our social arena. My friends, my acquaintances, our sphere of influence. Pray for your children's friends. Pray for your work environment, your church environment, your gymnastics, your tracks, your tennis environments, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Wherever you are, have you, have you ever just sat amongst other men and just said, Lord, I pray that your kingdom show up today, right here, right now? Because God would want us to do that. I think it's interesting that so oftentimes we fuss about politics. I cannot even watch the news today, and I don't care what news. I don't care if it's Fox News, CNN. I don't know who to trust. Now, now I, I, I sit there and, and watch this and watch all the stuff going after Trump and, and all these things, uh, these accusations and stuff going back and forth, and, and uh, <laughs> the Lord just convicted me, said, you know, I believe you ought to pray that my kingdom would come. And my will be done. Because you don't have to look far to know that we're broken. And that we've got to start praying in that way. See, God, I believe, is about the nations. He chose nations to prove and do his will. Abraham was called to be a nation. Israel, a nation. And we need God in this nation. We need one nation under God, surrender to him and his will to be a great nation. On earth as it is in heaven. So, Here's what I would say is, is that learn to pray God's kingdom in your life. It's a simple message this morning, man. It's not a difficult message. But we can get so confused by trying to build our, building, through building our own kingdom that we'll miss what he intended for us to do and what he intended on us to become in our lives. So here's where this can all get confusing. Along with God's kingdom being here and at hand, there is no doubt that there are other kingdoms that remain, and they are at hand as well. We're watching one right here in the United States of America. Uh, you don't have to look for, far over at Great Britain, and, and it's interesting to me over, over in uh, Britain and over in Europe um, just how fast that kingdom's changing, by the way. They say it's 20 years ahead of us. I, I said here a while back in one of these messages that uh, now it's permitted um, over in England that uh, uh, you can marry your pet if you want to. And for some of you, you should have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Oh, shoot. It's a good thing you're not married, Bray. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Uh, here's the thing. Other kingdoms are set up, and it does become confusing sometimes. Where do we see God's kingdom? This is the important part of the church. This is what church is here for. We are here to represent and present the kingdom of God, and it starts with men. It starts with men bringing it in through prayer. See, there are powerful social and cultural kingdoms that stand and actively promote their will against God's will. We're seeing that every day. There are agendas out there that are building kingdoms, and through those kingdom-built agendas, here's what happens is they come against the church. They're in opposition to God's will. There are political kingdoms, governments, regimes that bring war, like I said, genocide, abuse of races and, races and genders. But here's the thing. They, they come in, and they're set up, and if we're not careful, we'll be confused. And that's why we've got to pray for God's kingdom, and we've got to stand up for God's kingdom against the darkness that's led in opposition to God's kingdom. So men, we're, we're called to be a city, a city on the hill. When Jesus sat down on the side, side of the mountain, and he begins to talk about his kingdom and what his kingdom looks like, in Matthew chapter 5, he says that you are a city on a hill. A light that cannot be taken away. And we are called to shine and bring light and stand for his kingdom. So, ask yourself a question, an easy question this morning. Are you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? Because if you will, this is what his promise is. And all these things, those deepest desires, will be added unto you. You know, the psalmist he said it a little bit differently, but he kind of said the same thing. I mean, he said, uh, as we love the Lord our God, he does what? He gives us the desires of our heart. And here's why. Because the more we love him and his kingdom, our desires change. And fulfillment comes from building what he's called us to build. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for these, your men. And Father, as we know that we are the sons of God, and Lord, that we are called to be builders Father, let us build your kingdom and watch how you add to us and ours. In Jesus' name, amen.